Welcome back, everyone. We're doing a special mini episode called Discussing the Rashbam on Tefillin. I want to thank Mati Cohen, um, co-host of the Jewish Thought Flow podcast, for pointing this out. He mentioned that it's he mentioned that it could be implied from our podcast that the Rashbam did not hold of the well, two things that the Rashbam did not hold that tefillin was um, was a uh, an ordinance of uh, was an ordinance set at Har Sinai, and also that it could be implied that the Rashbam did not wear tefillin. Um, to the first point, it wasn't implied. We Befer said it. Um, we explicitly said it. I think that we said not that it, it wasn't from Sinai, but that the implication was that it was given to Sinai, but not as a physical mitzvah. Yes. So I think we said that specifically. Right. Um, the second thing is that it could be impl- that the Rosh- that it could be implied that the Rashbam did not wear tefillin. I, for some reason, I clearly remember saying so, and I just did not have time to go over the episode that he did that he did in fact wear tefillin. Um, I don't I don't think that I said that he didn't or implied that he didn't, but if I did, um, I wanted to apologize for that. But also uh, the the view that we held of the Rashbam is understandably difficult in an orthodox lens. Right. Well, let's let's just clarify what exactly. Let's let's go over this Rashbam just so people know exactly what we're referring to. Okay, so there's a Rashbam on Shemos or Exodus Yud Gimel Test thirteen nine in chapter thirteen verse nine. And it shall be for you a sign on your hand and a remembrance between your eyes, so that the instructions of God will be in your mouth. Because with a strong hand, did God take you out of Egypt? Okay. You mind if I read the Rashbam? Because I don't like their translation that they give. Sure. I'm just gonna check you on if it's if it's correct and where you. Yeah. Are. Okay. Go the, ahead. the the text. Yeah. So la'osal yadecha. The Rashbam says. Wait, wait, wait. Trans- translate that. La'osal yadecha. It says it shall serve as a sign upon your hand. Rashbam explains the feet omik pshuto according to the deep. Simple explanation, meaning the depth of simplicity, meaning the most basic idea, but also the basic idea can sometimes be the deepest idea, if that makes any sense. Meaning it's that the very foundation of it, in that, so that's what makes it simple, but it's also what makes it what it is, so it's also deep. So I guess that maybe that's what he's saying. So, it shall be for you as a continual reminder. Like as if you had something, like if you had something written on your hand, you would never forget it. It's a constant reminder because it's written on you. Ke'en, similar to what is written in the Pasuk, in Shir Hashirim, simni kechosim alibecha, place me as a seal upon your heart. So you, that Pasuk in Shir Hashirim is, is not talking about anything physical. It's talking about a, a metaphorical connection to God that we have, that, that we should ask Hashem, or Hashem is asking us in another way, that we should place a reminder to the other upon our hearts. Now, obviously, we're not going and doing open-heart surgery and putting anything on the hearts, so we have to say that this is a non-literal interpretation. What breaks, what brings the problem is that he's equating this Pasuk of, this shall be as a sign upon your hand and a remembrance between your eyes, which seems to be a reference to tefillin, which are a physical thing, seems to be connecting it to a Pasuk that talks about something that is not physical at all. So that's where the problem arises. All right. And now read the next interpretation of the Rashbam on the next part of the verse, which makes him so much more hard, difficult to understand. It says, 
between your eyes. Rashbam says, like a like jewelry, or like a nice golden tiara. That people are accustomed to put upon the top of the forehead for as a to look because it looks nice as an adornment. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So we came. This is very problematic because in the first in his first explanation, he seems to be saying it's metaphorical because he equates it to a metaphorical verse. And the second one, you know, uh, what about the hand? He seems to talk metaphorically about the head he seems to talk physically so me and you came across around four variations of this how to explain these rajbams the first is the one we mentioned on our podcast that it seems to be that the physical manifestation according to the rajbam was not apparent at the time of um harsinai and it was instituted later as a physical manifestation perhaps to combat the uh, the similarities that people were doing with other things to uh, to amulets, like the, what we know about the Ket of Hinnom, the people were wearing the priestly blessing as an amulet. Um, maybe to combat that, I don't know. Um, and we see the Gemara is very against amulets, the Talmudic sages are very against amulets. That seems to be the implication from the first part of the Rajbam. The second one, it's very, it's just, he explicitly says that it's a, it's a physical thing. Right, so, the problem with the first question, the first answer is that what do you do with the second part of the Rashbam who, who compares it to a physical thing? Exactly. But now we have a second interpretation, right? The second interpretation that Monty Cohen uh, gives is that historically speaking, this was the time when the Karaites were, um, were vehemently, uh, or at least they were of the opinion that this was all metaphorical and the Rashbam was combating that. I don't know. Look, that... Um, I get that. You know, I get why he would say that. It, it, you know, he was saying, as if it's written on your hand. And he meant to say that the placement's actually on your arm. Um, the problem is the Rashbam does not specify that anywhere. You can imply it from the second Rashbam, but I think there's just as much, it, I mean, it doesn't make the first Rashbam any clearer why he would, uh, why he would bring the verse that he brought. Maybe it was a poor choice of a verse, but I think that's more problematic to say than. If he was responding to somebody trying to make a point that, that is, you know, that makes sense in context based on what the Ebenezer said. If the Ebenezer wasn't referring to the Rashbam, then I guess he was referring to whoever the Rashbam was responding to. He existed a century later, though, and I think that also I, I, don't, I don't find it accurate that Karaites were such a big problem in the 11th century. I, I, uh, yeah, they, they kind of, they weren't really... In the yeah, 11th century, that's, I don't think it's necessary. They kind of phased out, I, I think. I mean, they weren't really like, you know, in large numbers... Once the, after or after um, maybe Yavne, yeah, after the the Khurban, I mean we don't really hear much about them in history or there's not really much there. So to be honest, we, me and David, if you're expecting an answer to this question, yeah, I, I apologize. I apologize if we made that not clear. We don't know the answer. We're giving you four variations. You can pick and choose whichever argument you find most suitable. Um, I. Okay, so just to make an argument from authority, which I shouldn't do, um, the, first, the first interpretation, I need to clarify this because I asked somebody who's very knowledgeable and has correspondence with Gedolim all over and you know, who is respected in like the orthodox echelon of uh, elite, elite intellectuals, I guess. I asked him, does the Rashbam hold tefillin was metaphorical? He said, beferish, explicitly yes, but that doesn't mean he didn't wear tefillin. And I was like, okay, 
But now I'm going to come to him with a second rash from and ask him how he interprets this. So maybe we'll, if I'll make a brief, brief, uh, if he gives me a good answer, I'll make a brief note of that in the next episode. And the reason why we have to say, by the way, that even if he believed that it was metaphorical, he still wore the film because he is the grandson of Rashi. Right? And Rashi is, 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 you know, him and Rabbeinu Tom are the ones that really, like, there's no way in any planet that you could say that Rashi didn't wear film because that's really all he, that, that he spent a tremendous amount of time talking about how to order the parashios in the film. And that's oh, only of course, of course. Right. So presumably, I mean, it would be it would be kind of crazy to think that his own grandson wouldn't have his own pair. I mean, that's just that. that no, that's, no, right. I'm saying if anybody that. would think that it, it just it, it that it, is not a not, position not that even entered our minds. Right. Right. That's why we might have not even addressed it. Honestly, right. I, I don't just know wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Um, third variation. Um, David told me something very interesting yesterday. Would you like to say it over? Oh, sure. I heard this from Yehuda uh, Merlin. He says to me that like I was saying earlier about the depth of the simplicity, meaning like we talked about in the previous episode, I think that what is the point of film? This Pasuk is very different than the other Pasukim talk about film. Those are you should tie them. The, the other Pasukim don't give this language of it will be as a sign and a remembrance. So I, based on what my, my friend was telling me, is that this positive Gershbaum is commenting and saying that what is the omic, what is the depth of what film is, the similar to the idea expressed in Shirashirim that we have a constant reminder, we're supposed to be constantly reminded of God's presence. So the tefillin is, is, is a physical way of having a, something written on your heart, right? You can't actually have it written on your heart, but you have it written on your arm. So the tefillin point is to accomplish that which is said in the Pazak and Shirashirim, that we should be connected to God in our hearts. Not to say that the tefillin are similar in the sense that that thing refers to something metaphorical and this is not. Uh, I don't know if that makes any sense what I just said, but the point is that he's saying ke'ain, meaning like that's the point of tefillin, to place God as a seal upon your heart. And, and the question becomes then, if we want to say this explanation, which I, I do like, how do we understand who who was the Eben Ezra? And I think we should see look at the Eben Ezra in a little bit. Who was the Eben Ezra talking to? Yeah. Um, it, I don't really think we even need to talk about that so much because it could just be that these people that were combating with the Eben Ezra and the classic, let's say, put it like this way, the classic Jewish thinkers that we all know, that the um, the, the Orthodox community knows of, um, not, not the well, whatever the, the right. Jewish the the Jewish practicing community knows of, the people that they were combating with, it could just be we don't know them because they weren't, cons- they they just didn't make it to history the way they the way uh, the classic ones did. Just to clarify, just what I, what I'm saying exactly because I feel like I made a big word salad there in one or two sentences. Simply, what what is the comparison that Rishbam is making between our pasuk about tefillin and the pasuk in Shir Hashirim? Simply that the idea expressed in the pasuk in Shir Hashirim is what tefillin is for. That's all. Right, exactly. It's, it's for a sign on your heart. Um, now, the... Okay, so again, Shira Shiram is Song of Songs, just in case. And the, he's making a parallel to the... Uh, Rashbam was making a parallel to a verse here, to our verse here, and a verse in Song of Songs that was meant for... The verse over there, I think, is chapter 8, verse 6. Uh, yeah, this, this, uh, this Chumash, this from Mikro Gadolo does not have that. Uh, I'm trusting but, Safaria. Okay. Which, I, mean, I, might, I might be mistaken, but they're typically good. They're typically very good, right? Now, 
the fourth variation. I heard somebody came up with this. Uh, I, I don't know if he wants me to say his name, so I won't, but he, he was okay with me promoting this idea. Um, I met, I was at Rosh Hashanah, I was davening this like little breakaway minyan. I was praying at this like little, like, you know, rich guy, uh, like at this rich guy's house. And so I asked the, I asked like one of the people there who, you know, had a beard and a hat because who else am I going to ask? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I asked him like, what, what do I do with this Rashbam? It's so confusing. He said, look, you're right. Rashbam is very, very, he loves simple pshat. He doesn't like taking things and, you know, making big fusses about them. Like, you know, he, he's very critical of not, of people not going for simple shot first, which means the most simple explanation, what you can get, face value. He thinks people should be aware of what that is. Um, kind of like an Unclos translator, but even Unclos sometimes puts his own twists on words. Um, very rarely. But the Rashbam is basically saying right now, look, right now is before the giving of Sinai, right? It's right now is before Har Sinai. So right, right now, now it, right now at that point in, in the, in the narrative in Exodus. Exactly. Thank you for clarifying. At the narrative in Exodus, this is before the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. So what that means is that at this point, yes, it was clearly a medical, it was a metaphorical uh, idea. The problem with that is the second Rashbam. <laughs> who, uh, who says it's big, who says like a, a literal piece of jewelry. Exactly. So, and what's very annoying to everybody listening is that, the Rashbam does not comment on any of the other yeah. verses that talk about tefillin. It could be he comments somewhere else, and I just haven't seen it, but not on any of the verses about tefillin. I'm looking right now through the... Uh, he has nothing, like zilch nada. Let me see Deuteronomy if he has anything on those two verses over there. But I believe we'll come up empty-handed on that as well. Um, let's see, Deuteronomy 6, what was it? Or 11? I don't know. Oh, no, Deuteronomy 6, 8. Okay, fine. Let's see. Uh, the Rashbam, nothing. Now let's see Deuteronomy 11. Uh, what else was it? 11, uh, 15, I think. No, it's 11, 18. There it is. You would think the Rashbam has something on this because it's such an interesting verse. Deuteronomy 16, 18, uh, 11, 18. Nope, there's nothing on this by the Rashbam as far as I see here. Nothing. It, it's, it's one of the more perplexing things me and David have seen. So um, it could be um, a, maybe a word was missing in the history of the Rashbam's text. Uh, maybe the Rashbam... It was self-evident what he was saying at the time, but through the, but through the passage of history and everything, we kind of misunder- we're, we're kind of not feeling what he was feeling at the time. You know, there's a lot of there's four. That's four variations. Again, the four variations are he held it was metaphorical from the time of our Sinai, uh, and not uh, and then the sages instituted a physical uh, parallel, which is a very hard thing to say within the orthodox purview. Um, but I'm just saying you can infer that even though it's problematic. The second one is that he was either mimicking the Talmudic uh, response to the Karaites or that he was actually responding to the Karaites. Um, that becomes problematic when you look at the verse he brought down to prove his point. And the third, uh, third, the third view is like David said from his friend Mendel, right? It was Yehuda Merlin. Yehuda Merlin. Oh, I'm sorry. Merlin, I just think of the wizard. Okay. I think it's Merlin. I'm bad with names. 
Yeah. Uh, he, he, he didn't know my name was David Chai for like a year and his name is David. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, then we have the third, the third verse, uh, the third variation, which David brought down from his friend Yehuda, that it's ta- it, it means to say that the idea of tefillin is that you should have is that you should have something in your heart, you know, talking to you about Hashem at all times. Like it's the same. Uh, I know I'm explaining about that. The, the tefillin are, are the reason that the Rashbam equates tefillin to the verse in Shirashirim that talks about something metaphorical is that the tefillin are the physical representation of that metaphorical idea. Okay, exactly. And fourth variation is at this point in the Exodus narrative. Oh, sorry, before that, the problem with that interpretation, although it's not really such a problem, I think it's the most viable one now that I think about it, is that what does he do with the second verse that brings up a physical manifestation? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's that big of an issue. Um, I, I don't find it to be that big of a problem because yeah. you, you can just say that that, that, that was for uh, the purposes of portrayal and like, you know, what the, what it, because... I think the oh, second oh. part of the rush bomb can go in either way that you want it to. Right, Meaning so you can see it as a, a clearly a physical thing, or you could just say that, just like you know, the Torah, they you know, say don't use the Torah as a crown to aggrandize yourself. Meaning, it doesn't necessarily have to be referring to an actual literal piece of jewelry. Just like something that would, if you would have a, a, a like, if you were known to be a great Torah scholar, then that is is the equivalent of wearing a nice piece of jewelry. It's something that people see and they go, "Wow, that's that's really nice. That's really cool." Oh wow, you're right. Oh my God, you're right. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm having like epiphanies here. Oh my gosh. Okay. But I'll tell you why it could be not a problem according to your variation. It's funny. We're just like, okay. And I'll tell you why I think it's not a problem. Because in those days, we know, like you said, that little, um, that little uh, snake crown that the, the Paro or the Faro Paro wore. It could be that there was, no, there was no arm jewelry that people adorned similar to tefillin. But there was a head jewelry that was similar to tefillin. Right, like, uh, and there was yeah, those like weird little thing with the the bird statue that they wore on top of their head. Exactly, and also we know that they had golden chains that kind of like you know were a ring around their head, the right. same way we do the straps. So it could be that there was something for the head to fill in and not something for the arm to fill in. You know, corresponding in other cultures is what I'm is what I mean to say. Right, interesting. And now the fourth variation is the uh, what's it called? The that was yours. I just said that. I yeah, we said them all. I think we said them all. Okay. So this is the perplexing, yet I think quite um, revealing world yeah. of the rush bomb on these two things. Again, if anybody knows anything, please yeah, feel us. free to comment or ask any questions or give any answers that you have. Uh, <laughs> delve deeper at genuinejudaism.org. Exactly. Um, okay. Now, everybody, I would like to take this moment to wish you an amazing year. I know Yom Kippur hasn't come yet when I'm recording this, but it will be, have passed hopefully by the time of this episode is released. Um, I wish everybody a year of good health put to good use, a year of physical bounty that was attained morally, a year of spiritual growth that was sought, and um, just many blessings. And, uh, Amen. And uh, yeah, you know, maybe, may we, may we, uh, may God, uh, Remove the plagues from his people. I'm looking forward to seeing, I, I don't know who the listeners are, but hopefully we can, um, you know, when we're all together in, in Jerusalem in a, in a few months, we can all get together. Um, oh, okay, little, you're one of those. <laughs> it's happening, man. The world is, the world is coming to a, a certain point. I don't know. 
I think it's uh, all main, but okay. <laughs> my personal, you don't have to listen to me, but if, uh, if, if you do want to listen to me, I would say move to Israel now. Good. It's better to be there too early than too late. I hear that. Um, okay, so this is another podcast episode if the Messiah does not come by then. Well, no, we don't worry. We can still, we'll continue the podcast. After oh, that's right. That's right. We can, we can continue with podcasts um, unless we fly above the rivers for a thousand years. No, uh, that, that, that's, that's later. I know. I know. We'll have this. We'll have this. this you, you see, I'm reading your grandfather's book. Yes. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, his grandfather's book is Mysteries of the Creation. A really, really great case for um, the sages' uh, all-encompassing knowledge and the Torah's all-encompassing wisdom. Yeah. Check it out. Self-plug. Self-plug. All right. <laughs> Shana Tova, everyone. Have a great year. Be well, everyone.